Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. How are you How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. But I'm not going to acknowledge. You'll have to watch the video to see, because I've done things at the office. So, yeah. It looks great. Thank it looks you. really, really great. Um, yeah. Doesn't it all look obsessive or compulsive or, you know, like I have too many of one specific subject? No, never. In my room. So you'll just have to watch the video to understand. If anything, there's some there's some open slots, so I'm a little yeah. disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to. <laughs> we should probably talk about it now. Uh, yeah. So we, we didn't talk about it last week, did we? About Christmas, I got a. Uh, no. So I got a Christmas gift from my uh, lovely wife Ashley, who uh, asked me at some point in November, "How many amiibo do you have?" And I thought, <laughs> which sounds like a trap. <laughs> this is a trick question. Uh, so I decided to do what I normally do, which is double down. I counted them in front of her and then mentioned that I had eight more on order, which was which was a white lie. You know, <laughs> they say not to what uh, not to lie. But, you know, it was it was fun. That's my sense of humor. I don't have if she's listening, I don't have any on order. Um, anyways, it's it, uh, it, it turns out she had made these lovely uh, amiibo stands for me and the reason she needed to know how many is to to determine how many that could fit and then how many more i could fit in them so i'm not going to use numbers but let's say there's about a third uh, of space left so 2018 watch out um <laughs> and we can see behind you like there are three bookshelves full i don't know right if you can now see all behind you but they're, they're... We can't see all of it, but we can definitely see three distinct bookshelf yes. shelves <laughs> There's a lot of, of Amiibos right now in three layers per shelf. So yeah, I don't... Significant I, I, collection. It's a significant collection. And I, I will be the first to admit that in the early days, I was buying a lot of, of, of Amiibos that I kind of regret. I think probably <laughs> uh, there's some Animal Crossing ones up there. Uh, oh, you know, there's some Smash ones up there that, like, I don't really like that character. I just thought, you know, oh, Charizard's up there. Like, I know mm. it's a big dragon, but it's like it's Charizard. It's it's just a Pokemon. But, um, yeah, so now I've, I've turned this new leaf probably around 2016 where I'm only buying the ones that really, really, uh, you know, launch out at me and saying, like, okay, this is a cool-looking amiibo. It's a character that I love. I mean, there's, like, how many... I'm not even going to tell you how many links are up there. I'll just let you use your maths all of them but um except for one uh but anyways yeah it was it's one of those things so 2018 doesn't have any amiibos announced yet there's a rumored nintendo direct nintendo's been like spreading some 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 teases around that there's going to be a direct coming this month at some point hopefully soon because the reddit is tearing itself apart so we'll probably know of more amiibos coming soon but for now i do have some empty space um, but I will remain strong because I don't know what happens when I fill the rest of them. Do I have to stop buying them? How does no, that work? No, then I think you just, uh, once you fill your stand, then you just rotate out the ones you don't like. Oh, I thought you were going to say you just make more shelves. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. I mean, you could, but... <laughs> I have the recipe. It's wood and var- I don't know how crafting works. I think they're called plans, right? Sure. called plans. <laughs> that's not true at all uh yeah so it, it was really awesome to open up those gifts on christmas and and realize it was a what was it it's it's a tear you really love me you really really love me and my amiibo <laughs> so i'm looking forward to 
you know, finally having the, the validation. No, I'm just joking. I'm kidding, of course. Ashley is very supportive of my pro. I mean, my um, uh, habit, my habit, my love of these <laughs> little collectibles. You know, something about these amiibos, and they're the last standing in in terms of the toys to life genre. Like you, they've discontinued Skylanders, Disney Infinity's gone, Lego Dimensions, basically like almost. I didn't bankrupt even know Lego. that was a thing. <laughs> exactly. So literally, amiibo is the last one standing. And they're, they're still going strong because, I don't know, I guess they sell to me and to a few others. Well, I think it's probably because the game isn't based around the Amiibo, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, for instance, uh, the Mario Odyssey ones, I got Mario, Bowser, and Peach because I didn't have collectible figures of any of those three characters. I probably won't buy another Mario, Bowser, or Peach, but it's like they're, they're collectible figures before they are functional game pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Like... I feel like the gameplay functionality is like a bonus in a lot of the cases. Um, and I think I had originally when they announced Amiibo, they had I had kind of the opposite opinion. Like I wanted to know what the functionality was going to be before I bought them. But that was also like some of the original Amiibo, like you were talking about, the ones that you kind of have a little bit of regret around buying. Um, they weren't that great. No, like they no. have the peeing link and mm-hmm. you know like the they weren't well designed and they the they were very very simplistic whereas if you like hold up original amiibo to like the Bowser from Mario Odyssey like there's a huge uptick in quality mm-hmm. like those are very very cool figurines yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's a, I think there's a big difference in the they've upped the quality so um, I, I feel like gameplay is almost secondary now, and that's the bonus, as opposed to before, where I was looking for something that was the majority gameplay because the figurines were not that great. Yeah, they're they're bon- they're bonuses for owning and uh, owning Nintendo games. So I, I mean, it it might be seen at, from a collector's standpoint, owning six or seven links um, doesn't doesn't pose you any extra benefit to to your games it's literally just having you know the different link from uh, most of the of the games that are out there from you know the nes all the way up to um uh the the switch and and that that's for me is a benefit but for you uh, owning a mario a peach and a bowser you won't need to buy another mario peach or bowser unless they look cool and they and they tickle that that fancy that you have that you want to collect that cool looking mario and you know that it's going to happen uh Mm -hmm. at some point it may not be as often or as frequent as it does happen for me but you know there but you're right the smash ones when they originally launched were were novel they looked cool and you weren't just going to get you weren't going to go out there and find quality looking nintendo products like like those Mm -hmm. around and they they have improved them immensely like the the p link is a great example in comparison to the how many links they've made ever since uh, bowser's even had like a second stage well, where like, they did another mario one in it and it looked way better than the smash one yeah uh, i mean like link is a, is a great example because the link that i have mm-hmm. is uh the link riding the horse from breath of the wild so it's like there's so much more detail to it and it's so much more interesting than the than the link on the yellow stand <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, it looks great. I'm glad that you got all your Amiibos set up and that you're a little bit more established in your office. Yes. So have you been using your newfound office space for games or? <laughs> I have been, I have been playing video games. Uh, I, I've, I had this one for quite a while. Hand of Fate 2 came out, uh, in the fall 
and mm-hmm. I, had, I had gotten my hands on it and didn't didn't boot it up until like last week and I thought what am I going to play January I'm kind of labeling as the month of backlog you know we're not going to be get we're going to talk about 2018 games a little later but there's not a whole lot happening in January February or even March for that matter yeah I, I don't think things really kick off till May or until people start announcing games are coming out so I feel like I have one um, mm-hmm. upcoming title in 2018 that is, well, one at the end of January and one at the end of March, but it's very much like um, they're they're not, the, like, I'm not even 100% sure if I'm going to buy them right away. Like, they're not at my, like, top of my list sort of thing. Yeah, but, you know, there's so many games that I, I maybe not so many, but there are a lot of games that we play, start, or we start to play, we talk about on the show, and then we move on to the next thing because we want to have fresh content. But really, in my mind, I like to finish games, and I like to think that the first four or five hours of, of a 20-hour experience is going to have something else pop up down the road that'll be worth talking about. But with Hand of Fate 2, I'm about four or five hours in. It's a sequel to a game that came out a few years back that I had kind of dabbled with. And it's a it's a card battler, but <laughs> instead of the cards going at each other, the cards set up the encounters for these arena battle type things. And the combat's all Batman style with like counters and X to hit okay. and different weapons and, and different equipment and stuff. And that it was just a novel concept that felt really cool. Like they've combined this card battling with real time combat that is affected by this deck of cards that that dictates Hmm. the encounter. Now, you know, the combat still feels pretty loose, similar to the first game where once you play Batman or Shadow of of War, like we played this year, it's kind of hard to go to a game that's trying to emulate that style but doesn't do it quite as snappily like it's not it's, it just feels really loose like you if you don't hit the dodge button a second late or a second early you're going to miss that dodge and you're going to get hit and take damage and it just took a while to get used to because i'm so used to the other games where you just hit that button and it feels like no matter when you hit it like you feel like you hit it at the right moment in mm. this it feels like you're kind of guessing and you kind of have to treat, you know, okay. train yourself. It's just really awkward, and probably the biggest problem with the game. It just doesn't feel as snappy as as what it's trying to emulate, you know. And right. that really sucks because I really like that style of combat. But yeah, combat is is interesting and it breaks things up. But but the coolest part about it is, it's the the dealer. He's the guy you're facing across the board, and he says he's I don't know. He sounds really ominous, but he's like challenging you to do these things to prepare for a final battle that he's been he talks too much anyways he uh, he just wants you to play <laughs> these games right so you have this deck of cards and says okay this is the joker challenger or whatever and it's a specific encounter where in this deck of cards are different different types of cards so there's encounter cards there are um you know treachery cards where you might run into some uh, some bad mojo that affects that you have to do a die roll and then to see if you successfully cross like a a broken bridge or if you don't successfully cross you like fall into a pit and take damage and it's all based on on random die rolls and just these cards that keep popping up and it just feels really cool so is, it, is it all kind of like a, a random encounter generation and effects and stuff until you kind of like come up against an actual like minion enemy i'm using hearthstone turn yeah but like Um, so if they flip over like a creature 
like a monster that then you have to fight is that where the combat comes in yeah so i guess a, a good example okay. like if we talk about an encounter one specifically that i that really made this game shine above the sequel or above the original is that instead of just feeling like there's a, a car a, a, you have to beat the deck in this game you're beating the encounter that they're setting up that use the card so if, for example there's one where it's like the empire has hired you to collect these four relics one relic has been stolen one relic is owned by a, a village and a third relic is um has is is owned by a peddler that'll make you buy it and then the fourth well we have no idea so it you go through in the first card you you have an encounter where you talk to someone saying hey we need you to do this do you have any questions the second card that you move and and the cards are laid out in a like on a grid on on the ground and you you see them face down and, and as your character moves so there's this physical item it's like a it feels a lot like a board game so as you move the character okay. that card flips and then you it shows you the artwork and that kind of show like gives you an idea of what's happening it kind of paints a picture so the second card is like oh well you're going to need these knives because thieves are are really weak against dueling dual weapons and so on and so forth and then it gets the encounter where it's a, a forest so it's an unknown forest of these cards all face down about 20 of them and you start in the bottom left corner and you got to work your way around you see these other tokens scattered around so one for the merchant one for the thieves and one for the village to the east and you have to traverse that forest in order to get those relics to uh, complete the challenge so and then it kind of sounds like it's morphing into more of like a Pokemon where you have to go from like point A to point B and there's mm -hmm. like any tile that you move into could potentially launch combat. A good example would be uh, similar to what Milkshake uh, Milkshakes is saying in the chat room. It sounds like D&D &D, but with cards. It is like a dungeon crawler uh, mm. with, with cards. And But you're right, there is this Pokemon aspect where sometimes, specifically with this encounter, as you're exploring you might come across uh, one of three cards outside of the special encounter cards. Uh, one would be the Treacherous Wilds, which is a, uh, a die roll to see if you take, or a random chance of taking damage. And then there's the Wild, or the Dangerous Wilds, which is an enemy encounter. So mm. in the enemy encounters, it'll randomly like pull out this card that says, that shows you who you're going to be fighting. So it's a five of soldiers. So you're going to face five soldiers. Or it's the four of goblins, and you're going to face off against four goblins. And then that warps you into the combat. You take mm. care of the combat. You move out of it. The combat um, is fun. It feels like a distraction, kind of, but it, it is the, probably the more action-y part of it, as opposed to the other stuff, which is just more more random. When, when you go into the combat, does it always put you in the same arena? Like, is it just like a flat surface with a with a painted background sort of mm. thing or are there different arenas like does it mix it up a bit does terrain play any kind of um role in in combat it doesn't play any role in combat but it is different so for example in this in this encounter with the um the forest all of the worlds that you warp into to do this combat is a is a forest section and mm. and it feels you know what it feels like it feels like they took fable and they chopped it up into different parts. And they said, okay, this is the forest level for, for Fable. And this is the um, ice world of Fable. Let's take that, make an arena, and that's where you're... Because the art style is very reminiscent of a darker Fable, maybe. Mm. And the, the humor isn't quite there, but it is. it, it does have the look and feel of it. Um, but the really cool part about all this card battling is that before you take the challenge, it kind of 
sets apart sets you up with these three rules so for example with the encounter involving the forest it says you're going to want to have map reveal cards you're going to want to have food cards that gave you more food because as you move across the board you're going to be using food as a resource Makes um, sense. yeah and you're going to want something to deal with thieves which are the the dual weapons mm-hmm. and then when you're building your deck your side of the or building the deck with encounters and equipment you're actually seeing these little icons pop up next to the card saying like hey we're probably going to want this card because it rewards more food if it's successful you know so that was really cool to see if you move into a new space like the card that like you reveal the card that's face down Mm mm-hmm and you reveal one of your cards or something like how does your deck come into play so there's so yeah i'm kind of jumping around but there's there (laughs) there is one deck that deck is the dealer's deck that that powers the encounter right so for example let's say we have a DD deck game and it's the same deck of cards and based on the rules we can put up to 10 encounter cards and five equipment cards and stuff like that so in this it's one deck it's all pulling from one deck and in this example there's like all these cards laying on the ground and that represents the forest that you're traversing through to try to get these relics okay so they're more like setting cards they're not necessarily a deck and then so they're so you choose which deck or which cards you're adding to the dealer's deck and then the dealer flips over all of the cards so it's not the same as like say a Obviously, the one I'm familiar with is Hearthstone, yeah. where you have like two competing decks. You're piloting one, and your opponent is piloting the other. Mm-hmm. This is there's one deck that the dealer is dealing, mm-hmm. and then you are moving through the encounter. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You you have the ability as a player to manipulate two parts of the game where you feel totally in control. One of them is picking the cards that might move the deck in your favor to finish the challenge so for this example you needed more food map reveal and something to fight off these thieves so putting more cards in that have a blue icon next to the food gain to tell you hey you're going to want to put these in so that you have enough food to traverse this very wide open area and it's uh so that's one part and the second part is combat because with combat um, you get thrown into combat with, with the stats, ooh, whatever that was, it spooked the crap out of me, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you probably didn't hear it. Uh, well, anyways, it's, um, so you have those two ways of, uh, of manipulating the game, which is combat and, and then the, uh, the cards you choose. And yeah, some of it's equipment. So sometimes that, that equipment isn't necessarily laying on the ground. That equipment comes through with, uh, encounters that reward equipment, or when you go to a shop, you can buy that equipment. And that equipment uh, gives you more armor, gives you a new shield or sword to, to face off against bad guys. So it's it's a complex game that is very, you know, based in the simplicity of like a card game. But they've added all these extra layers to turn it into something very unique. And they take the problems I had with the original was the fact that I'm terrible at card battlers where I'm just, I, I, I don't know if I'm bad at building decks or I'm just too lazy <laughs> to build a good one. So the fact that it's just like, here are the things you need to do to win, and we're going to tell you what cards you should enter. Now, the thing is, you, you're you rewarded with new cards each time you finish a challenge, um, but you don't know what those cards do unless you've encountered them. So you kind of have some trial and error there to kind of figure out. Mm. It doesn't 
like straight up tell you what that encounter will reward until you've had a chance to to fiddle with it. So um, yeah, it's it's a fun game. Honestly, you might you might actually dig it. Just having you know loved uh, you love card battling games, and Batman is a thing that you enjoyed as well, like that combat stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, is it's it, really cool. is it controller based or is it keyboard and mouse? I've been playing with uh, the controller. I'm playing on oh, PC, sure. so awesome. um, I've switched between PC and mouse and and uh, controller, and it's seamless. So like when you're doing the card stuff, where you're picking cards and you're navigating menus, you can use the mouse. But then as soon as combat comes up, you're gonna want to play with the controller. Is what I found. Right. Very cool. Um, I I had seen a lot of streamers. Um, kind of talking about this, although I hadn't actually picked it up or tried it or anything else, but uh, I had seen a lot of kind of chatter about it, so um, I might actually give it a chance because uh, it sounds it sounds interesting. If nothing else, like it sounds different than anything else I've ever kind of played. Just the mix of cards with you know a little bit of like real time action type combat stuff sounds sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that you've played this week is mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Again, you are so far ahead of me and we were chatting a little bit about mm-hmm. this in the pre-show um because like i just i can't believe how much further you are than me now which is it's good but at the same time like i find because i basically didn't play anything this week um well other than my staples so i've got you know like PUBG that i play with my raid team i played a little bit of Fortnite with duels and nevermore um i've got you know actual wow rating and i'm trying to level up a new care or not level up but um catch up a new character so uh doing a lot of like world quest grinding and stuff like that um to get her a little bit more raid ready so you know i've been kind of like oh and then obviously laddering and hearthstone so i've i've spent a lot of time playing games but i had a, i had trouble this week trying to find time to dedicate to going through my back catalog mm. because uh yeah i just i i I think I played like two hours or three hours of South Park today to try to just have something to talk about on the show. And then I was like, I didn't really reveal anything new except for story beats. So right. <laughs> like, I, and if anything else, the thing, the problem that I often run into is just like, I leave these games for so long and then I end up going back to them to try to finish out my back catalog. And then I'm like, oh, how do I even play this again? And then like my two to three hours of game time that I have to dedicate to new TGI topics it's like all gone in just trying to remember how to play the freaking thing in the first place. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I did. I did go back to South Park, and um, it was it was still it was super fun. It was South Park. It gave me a laugh, and that was great. But uh, but yeah, I don't have too much to talk about except for the fact that you're so much further ahead than me in Xenoblade now. Yeah. I'm so mad at myself <clears throat> for not actually taking the Switch with me over Christmas. Like I would have gotten so much playtime in because i spent so much time in the car like we were driving all over the freaking place i probably had a good 25 hours of just car time yeah <laughs> during the christmas break so like I, I i'm so mad at myself for for forgetting the switch but or wow. for literally packing the switch up and leaving it on the counter <laughs> at least you left <laughs> like, it in the counter re- yeah. it was ready to go <laughs> yeah uh you had a month head start because you played this the beginning of december i played it when it first came out yeah, yeah. like day of release <laughs> so i will i will keep playing until i convince you to to catch up because like i said last week this game is presenting it's it's clashing with all my expectations for a japanese rpg which i'm i am notoriously not 
I'm terrible You're not at sticking. Normally sti- on board. <laughs> I'm I'm not great at sticking with them, and mm. usually because the characters are a little out of this world and uh, they don't really, I don't really enjoy them for that amount of you know I don't know I, I it's hard to explain but it just doesn't really click, and <laughs> usually the story is pretty outrageous. In this, like I said, even though the story is basically we got to get here to save the world. They layer on a bunch of extra stuff and the characters that are there, and they all have accents, which is helpful. But it's just the story is more there, and it's not treated like this we've got to save the world, or else Googly Eye Guy is gonna, you know, it's like, okay, buddy, let's just calm down a little bit. There's still these moments of pure buffoonery that happens, especially as the game progresses. There's, there's a lot of heartfelt moments. So at the end of chapter three, not going to spoil it, but there's a moment at the end of chapter three, which was basically sold me on this game. I'm just going to keep playing it until I finish it because <laughs> there was a moment that was, if if this, these are the type of things that they're going to keep portraying in this game, I got to keep playing because this, this is some serious stuff. Like there's some weight to this game that is not normally present in other games of... Uh, uh, and, and you know, as Milkshake is saying in the chat room, yes, there's a bit of fan service, and by a bit, there's a lot. And at the end of chapter three, they introduce a little bit more. So remember when <laughs> I said last week that Pyra was probably the most outrageously designed character? Yes. Yeah. They uh, they uh, they they, they up, stepped it up. They upper in a weird in a weird way. Um, not a weird way, but just in a way that was like really. Like oh, they make a change like to her specifically. No, there's a new character oh, that's they introduced. New character, but, but okay. It, it, you know what? Um, I'm hoping that at some point, and I hope our listeners are fine with this. But at some point, when we get to the same page on this game, we can have a little bit more of a spoiler talk. The reason yeah. I'm holding back is mainly due to the fact that Jocelyn hasn't played, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to make her angry. But uh, there's just some <laughs> things that go down at the end of chapter three that. They were really serious and heartfelt, but then as chapter four starts, there's some goofiness mm. that falls in line with with uh, the the new character that is introduced. And, and aside from the weird fan servicey stuff, uh, oh fan service, I guess it, it, there is still some fun in there and some cheeky cheeky type things that are just funny to see, but also very like kind of silly. It lightens it up without going too far. Uh, well, it lightens things up. But, I mean, it doesn't go too far, but it goes to a place that's kind of like, really? Like, that's kind of funny, but also, you know, kind of silly. But anyways, besides that, the game is still a lot of fun. And we talked about how it's always introducing these new features. And finally, and I don't think this is as a spoiler, it's something to look forward to. So you're always collecting these blades. You, you find these core crystals, and then you activate them with your drivers to activate these blades and they and they're randomly generated blades from a pool and you'll you'll get a lot of these normies these normal things that all look the same but are kind of different there's some male ones and there's some female ones there's some buff dudes there's some dogs but they all kind of fall in line with the same design aesthetic right but then occasionally you'll get these rare characters these rare uh, blades that have unique voice acting and unique designs and unique powers. Those are the ones you're going to want to collect. Mm-hmm. But you build up a huge collection with no real reason to have it uh, because you can only have three blades active uh, in battle for each character. So I was like, well, what am I going to do with all these extra blades that I'm just, where are they, Where am I storing them for one thing? And it goes back to the conversation of this like forced enslavement kind of thing. Like, where am I keeping yeah. these things? 
you know, are they digital? Do they care? They seem to like just disappear when you're not using them, which is a little frightening to, to, to think about. But <laughs> anyways, you, uh, it turns out you unlock this feature called Merc Group or something. And it's, uh, it's basically like a send your dudes out on a quest mission. Mm-hmm. And then there's this timer. And I love that like stuff. Like garrison. Yeah. I, I don't know the, why. Or uh, the order hall in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I love that stuff, but it really just, I'm so happy about it. I can't explain why. Maybe it's because I feel like I'm checking things off a list slowly. But uh, it's got some cool stuff in there where it's like, okay, with this battle or with this mission, it'll take an hour to complete. But if you meet these requirements of having like three females and two ice-powered people, you'll finish it in 40 minutes, you know? And if you have these extra little proficiency skills, you'll you'll finish it in 35 minutes or something. And I thought it was just going to be something that you do on the side to earn rewards and progress a specific part of the game that you unlock. But turns out you'll actually get story missions that require you to finish these these Merc missions. And um, it's real time. So you they're all about an hour, between an hour and two hours. And you have to do real time games. So you'd start them, go to, you know, play an hour of the game and then it would unlock. It doesn't actually progress while you're not playing. But, oh, okay. Yeah, but I, I'm... So it's uh, not like play the whole game and then send your mercs out and then log off? No, no, yeah. you. Uh, it doesn't progress while you're not playing. It'll only progress... As far as I, I can tell, it's only been progressing while I'm playing, um, which I'm fine with. Uh, you know, I, I find sometimes when there's an out-of-game experience, I'll log in literally just to do that and then log out and actually not play the game. Progress right. a little bit, but you're not playing it. So... Yeah, I, I'm still enjoying it. It's really all I've been playing outside of Hand of Fate Two, and I got to I got to keep going because uh, the story just it's it just keeps going in a direction that you, these characters are struggling to get to the end game, and they're not quite there yet. And there's a you know there's reasoning behind them not getting there yet, and it's just it's not your typical. We got to build up power so we can defeat the enemy. Mm. It's more like we have to get over these obstacles but we're not powerful enough so we have to you know recruit more people and we have to determine how someone may or may not have got up to elysium so there's some interesting story beats to to keep the story from finishing or keep the characters from trying to finish the story it's i don't know it's just the story's better than it deserves to be i guess and i feel bad saying that because that's just me being kind of judgmental about the game without having played it it just keeps surprising me which is honestly that's good cool yeah no i'm i'm ecstatic so i want you to play it because we need to i will get caught up i promise and i know i said that last week but i will get caught up but then but then you did i did ask you what you were going to play on sunday and you said not xenoblade so you know yeah you prepared me it's fine (laughs) but yeah i feel like xenoblade is your Horizon Zero Dawn, except for at least I've started Xenoblade. Like, I'm the one that turned you onto it, so... I started Horizon, and I, you know, uh, maybe, maybe. It's a big game, though. You know, in comparison to Horizon, this is this is a beefy game, and, and I think the reason I have gotten momentum on it is because I don't really have a lot of other titles. Like, I don't have my mainstays. Like, I, I want to play some heroes on occasion, but I'm not logging into WoW or, or Hearthstone yeah. or... Or PUBG or Fortnite or insert Anything games that's as a little service. bit more multiplayer and a little bit more um, of a time sink, I guess, is the best way I can put those games. Like <laughs> Fun time sink. I, yeah. I haven't been playing a lot of single-player experiences because there's a lot of um, maintenance 
that's required in games like Hearthstone and you World make it sound so fun. <laughs> I know, I know, and like I, I have fun when I'm playing yeah, them. You have fun. It's I hard do. to make that time. I get it, but like it's I, like looking looking back on a week and saying like, okay, all I played are the same games I always play. Kind of like, oh, I feel I'm starting to feel like I'm missing out on things, and at the same time that I can't stop. Warcraft or Hearthstone because right. then I'll fall behind. So True. because I'm trying to be competitive in those games, it's like it doesn't leave a whole lot of room for fun. Well, but you are <laughs> or for for other things. Other fun. You're having yeah. fun, but you you don't have time for yeah. I get it and yeah. I I, I totally understand. But no, You're I think like, oh, it's it's way bigger. It's you know more than uh, than Horizon. I'm kind of like oh. <laughs> It so is, but I put in my five to six hours already, and I've only just scratched the surface, which is great for Xenoblade Chronicles because it does seem really cool. But knowing that that's just scratching the surface, and that there's even more to it than Horizon, and the more time investment and everything else, I'm just like, oh, it's like you just go up over this little hill, and you think that maybe you're getting to the end, and then it's like, bam, mountain. Well, you're not. You're <laughs> not going like, to hit the. I'm totally not even going to climb that. <laughs> I'm fine just down here on the hill. <laughs> You're not going to finish the game anytime soon, and and we're not necessarily working towards a path where we finish this game next week. Like this is a long haul game for me. Like I'm not going to finish it anytime soon. But I, I think that the game is very. Um, it works in chunks. Like unlike other games where it's like Act One, blah blah blah. This actually feels like the chapters are set up in a way that they are start to end chapters that have story that progresses and ends ends some story beats. You know, you're not just get you know, they're not just splitting up chapters just because you know they need to segment the game. It feels like when a chapter ends, like that. Okay, I can I can close the book now. Uh, I kind of want to keep it's reading, a but story arc. Yeah, exactly. And and to me that has been very helpful because it allows me to get to an end and stop and then come back later and experience the yeah. next chapter. So I feel like if you were to play through the next couple chapters, you would you would experience what I'm talking about and then you you can take Xenoblade Chronicles and say, "Okay, I've played my two chapters of Xenoblade. I'm going to go back and and do X, Y, or Z, you know, in WoW, Hearthstone or mm-hmm. PUBG." So it, I I think it could fit in there, but it's tough if you only have like a certain amount of time to play solely gamers and stuff. But if you got to the end of chapter three, we would have something to talk about that was pretty mind blowing and cool and makes this game special. I'm, I'm talking it up, on it. but we'll see. <laughs> uh, we have a patron ad this week from Simon who says Geekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. Join your two knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. Find them on iTunes or at geeklynews.com. Uh, Ryan, you've also been doing some cool stuff over on Patreon, which is mm-hmm. patreon.com slash gamersin. Do you want to tell us a little bit about TGI Mini? Yeah, so every Sunday, I text Jocelyn and say, what have you been playing? And then she says, well, I'm probably going to play this. So I put that in a doc, and then I talk about it for about five minutes. Uh, and it's called the TGI Patreon Mini posts on Patreon exclusively. Although if you're a patron, you can get the RSS feed through Patreon. If you're not a patron, you can just go to the website and listen to it. And I try to post it in the Discord when it goes live for patrons so you can bookmark it and go to it a day later. But it'll give you a preview of what games we're playing, what we're hoping to talk about. Um, We actually have some feedback from those episodes to talk about in our next segment. So 
get involved, comment, go on Patreon, and just have a good time. Uh, that brings us to our topic of the week this week, which is the games of 2018 that we are highly anticipating. So, uh, Ryan, we actually, I was surprised. We don't have a lot of crossover. There's like two games of crossover mm. here between you and I, which is which is really odd for us. We we tend to like kind of the same sort of things. So uh, I was a little bit surprised at some of your choices versus some of my choices. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, some a couple of them on here I didn't include because I knew you were going to include, so I didn't want to mm. duplicate. But like, like specifically your first one, like Vampire, Vampire. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Because it's vampires and it's not like sparkly vampires, so that's a yeah. Bonus. It's like it's like nineteen eighteen like dirty London mm-hmm. type vampires, which I think is going to be really fun. It was on my list of anticipated games for twenty seventeen, and then it ended up getting bumped to twenty eighteen. So here's hoping that it actually comes out this year. Um, but yeah, that's probably top of my list only because it's kind of rolled over from last year. So um, yeah, I'm still excited about it. I think it's going to be really cool. I'd I've, like it sooner rather than later. But yeah, again, don't want to rush a game out. <laughs> no. I've heard from a little birdie uh, that it could be coming. Uh, you know, it's coming early 2018 is what I've heard. So, oh really? Yeah, a little uh, birdie? Who's yes. Bird. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. <laughs> well, James works for the company, and they've clearly said uh, early 2018. He works for the PR company, but uh, well, that's yeah, good. yeah, early 2018's out there. It might even be spring, but spring is one of those weird like time frames where it's. It could be March, but it could also be May or June, and it's kind of yeah. like, mm, you know. So I'm looking forward to Vampire, however, you, I'm looking forward to finding out how you pronounce it properly, because there's a <laughs> Y where an I should be, and there's no E. It's really frustrating. I'm so sorry, Ryan. I know. <laughs> we can stop talking about it then. Okay. Let's talk about something you do know how to pronounce, which is Darksiders 3. Uh, Dark this, Cedars? Think, Dark Cedars? Oh my god. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I, I think so. This is on both of our lists. I'm excited about this because I've very much enjoyed the previous two, um, I guess, installments of Darksiders. Um, Darksiders one, I was kind of a little bit behind the curve on. Uh, it was the sort of thing that, like, I didn't really hear a whole lot about until everyone started telling me that I should play it because I liked darker themed things, and this was like a, a darker. Zelda, everyone kept saying that that was the comparison that was made. And uh, so once I finally got into it, I really, really liked it. And then was, you know, like day one in Darksiders 2. And it feels like Darksiders 2 was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to Darksiders 3 because it, it features um, a female character as the, the lead. And she's Fury, I think. And her, I, I haven't seen too much of her powers outside of, I think, her weapon is a whip. So it seems a little bit potentially different. I mean, anytime you kind of throw a whip into the mix, it opens up, especially in a game like Darksiders, different uh, kind of traversal options, potentially. So uh, I'm looking forward to a lot more, like, swinging kind of mechanics and stuff that I think we're going to get with her. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited about Darksiders 3. Yeah, it- it's one of those games uh, that was affected by the THQ shutdown where we didn't really think we were going to get a third one. And I'm a little worried because THQ Nordic, which used to be just Nordic games, uh, kind of picked up all of the 
most of the THQ leftovers and and try to cobble together some uh, portfolio. And the first thing people ask is, are we getting a Darksiders 3? And they said, well, you know, once we have a team and once we have the money to to build such a vast game, we'll do it. And now, and I think that's the reason it's taken so long is that they're, mm-hmm. they were serious about making a Darksiders 3, like completing the trilogy because there's stuff in one and two that they set up but don't capitalize on because there are four horsemen and this is our I was third. Say, is, it, is it a trilogy or is it a quad quadrudly? thing that has four in it <laughs> quadrodily quadrodily I, I don't know uh yeah probably maybe it depends how well the third one does and the fact that we're getting fury and you know uh, a different character and a different gameplay style that's exciting because really you it's just great when they mix things up, and I and I I love that. Well, the first I like one the was... universe, and and mm-hmm. a new character opens up the chance to to give you new mechanics in the same universe. So. Yeah, and the art style continues to be fantastic, and I think they're nailing that. And I think it's been confirmed; it's a 2018 game, and probably later in 2018. But I, I can't wait to see more because what we did see does look like a lot of fun. And the last one I think came out, I want to say, in like a July or August or something. I feel like it was a summer title, which was kind of surprising. So I think we covered it in our first year. It would have been June yeah. or July. So yeah, it's it's been six years. Mm-hmm. So, so I wonder if, uh, yeah, I wonder if they're gonna follow in the in the footsteps of the predecessor and come out with a summer release, or if it's gonna be a little bit later on. But one way or another, probably the second half of 2018 is where we're gonna see Darksiders three. Um, what about God of War is the next one on your list? Mm-hmm. Is this uh, in any particular order or is this just alphabetical? This is just like, I went through the list and started writing oh, okay. them down. <laughs> is yours in an order of some fashion? Not really. Okay, I just perfect. put Vampire at the top because it was, you know, a holdover from 2017. Yeah, so I, it's not in any sort of order, but I think God of War is one of those games that's going to fill the Horizon slot for the ps4 in terms of release like they're they're targeting an early 2018 again but for some reason they haven't confirmed it a lot of people seem to think it's going to be coming out mid-march um but it's it hasn't been confirmed yet but the game i've i don't love the god of war series but i like it and the fact that they're taking the game and and building it for the ps4 and and making it new and different like the combat and the feel of the characters looks the same but they've turned it into sort of an action adventure as opposed to a static camera um beat 'em up game so mm. i'm i'm trying to think of what best it would be probably best described as sort of the the close encounter mechanics of tomb raider or uncharted you know where you're you're down in the thick of it the camera's right behind your shoulder and you're doing mm. cool stuff to people's faces so i'm looking yeah. forward to that yeah um another one that i i I'm surprised is not on your list that I wanted to talk to you about was Anthem. So mm. I feel like I might know why this isn't on your list because you're just generally mad about <laughs> the fact that Bioware is putting this game out because well, this, okay. I remember seeing the trailer at E3 for this game and it looked so much like everyone from Mass Effect left Mass Effect went and worked on this and like this is the game that mass effect should have been <laughs> it's like they took all the money and all the resources from mass effect we got andromeda as a result and now anthem is coming in 2018 <laughs> and it's it's very like alien exosuity mm-hmm. weapon space fighting things and it looks super freaking cool um 
you're you're not looking forward to it at all. So here's here's the thing. <laughs> EA Look, in the immortal words of Brad Shoemaker, they killed Mass Effect. They they literally took a franchise that was beloved. The the franchise survived the ending of Mass Effect 3. You know, they they made good on that. They worked so hard to make good on that. And then what do they do? Andromeda comes out and it's just like I don't know. We'll flush it for another five years and we'll see how what we come back to. They killed Mass Effect. Anthem looks like... It looks great, but I'm not going to be fooled again. I'm going to wait for reviews. I, <laughs> I have to wait. I, I, I can't get excited for something that is clearly trying to be Destiny. And Destiny's really not that great a game. You know, it's great. It's a good game, but there are massive flaws to it. And if they're trying to emulate something that has massive flaws... Are they going to copy the flaws as well, or are they going to fix that? Are we going to get the Bioware story that we want and that we we crave? I don't know. They might trade that in like Bungie did. You know, Bungie wasn't making masterpieces, but they were doing some cool stuff with their stories. And yeah, Destiny doesn't have a story. Uh, It's the best way to describe it. It's just, uh, you know, some really cool... It's game mechanics first story second and yeah. they don't even execute on game mechanics all that well all the time <laughs> i mean yeah like the mechanics are cool but they're weighed down by business decisions and yeah. the fact that this is ea should scare everybody you know yeah uh, that is true i guess that you know i didn't really not that i didn't think this through but they always no. they always get me ryan i know the big shinies and the flashy and the super cool space suits and yeah and and, and people they always are, get me and then i get burned I know. But the thing is, I and I hate the type of people who hate on a company just because they've made a few mistakes. You know, look at Nintendo. I stuck with them. A lot of people thought they were crazy, uh, and they were, with the Wii U, and that they were just they're destined to make games for Xbox and PS4. Now look at them. They're they're doing they're doing really well. Uh do I feel like EA has this ability to constantly sh- shoot itself in the foot? Yeah, I do. Um but EA wanna... has burned me so many more times than Nintendo ever has. I know, and you could, yeah, and you didn't even play Battlefront two, and and yeah, yeah. Um, the the thing is with with Anthem, is I'm cautiously optimistic, but you know they've just done Bioware just isn't the same Bioware we had before. But I don't I don't want people to think I'm one of those like internet keyboard warriors who just at the mention of EA just don't include the game. I'm I'm over defending myself here, but. I want to see more of it. I want to see what they present at E3 because I think what they showed was kind of this really tailored, really stitched together game. Um, This experience that was very focused and very tailored. So I want to see what it looks like when people actually play it. Yeah, in a bigger, wider world. Yeah, if you're using Destiny as your example of what we're making, that doesn't necessarily excite me. If you're saying we're building the next Bioware game, that's exciting and i haven't got that vibe from them i haven't really got the vibe that this is the next bioware game i've gotten the vibe that ea wants a destiny where they can sell loot boxes to people and and that's probably the the most pessimistic thing i'll say this week so (laughs) yeah oh ryan the eternal optimist i know what has ea done to you (laughs) uh mass effect andromeda i played through that entire game i bought it full price (laughs) they didn't give me dlc and i'm not buying the book so so there <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna do it even though the book would technically be cheaper than the dlc 
and probably more enjoyable because it'll be longer. But you know what? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I love that you actually leaned back and crossed your arms when you said, I'm not going to do it. No, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I am literally I'm crossing my arms. <laughs> It's such, it's such so much potential they killed mass effect <laughs> anyways go ahead maybe the movie will be good no nah, it'll be terrible <laughs> oh man i don't even have a good segue out of that <laughs> ea hole but uh another one that i'm looking forward to is called extinction and this is one i literally had never heard of until like this week and so extinction i don't even remember where it was uh i'm gonna scroll down in this um, article here mm-hmm. and see if it says where it was announced but um, yeah it doesn't even say when it was announced or where it was announced or anything else but this game looks so freaking cool so the whole idea is that there is this race of giant ogres who are like taller than all of the buildings in this uh, medieval-ish civilization and you, the hero, are the last, literally the last one of the army who was fighting these ogres and mm. other supernatural, like there was like, I saw uh, troll looking things and gargoyle, flying gargoyle looking things. Um, so there's these kind of supernatural creatures and you are the only thing that stands between humanity and extinction, which is the title of the game. And it looks really cool because you aren't necessarily, like, battling to kill the ogres. You're kind of, it's almost like a traversal game. So you are trying to find a path through these cities as they're being destroyed by these monsters. And in the trailer, it's super cool because it does show you taking down one ogre. But then, like, it's it's the whole trailer is you trying to take down this one ogre, and then it kind of zooms out, and there's actually this army of, like, hundreds of these ogres. So you're just like, okay, the game isn't about, like, brute force combat. It's about, like, finding your way through, using the city to your advantage, saving the civilians as you go, and uh, more of a, of a escape-slash-retreat kind of a thing thing as mm. opposed to like a, a combat based game so I think it looks really cool it's like um, a lot of exploring it looks like finding your way through the city and, and exploring and stuff like that so I think it's going to be really cool because of this like constant 150 foot ogre threat like they just the, the design is really cool everything looks kind of um, realistically cartoony if that makes sense and uh, okay. yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it could be really cool. And this is the one I was talking about that's coming out um, March 31st. Oh, that sounds great. So I, it's, I mean, it's a little bit earlier on in the year. It sounds cool. It kind of sounds like I've never seen it, but it sounds like the concept of Attack on Titan or something where there's these big monsters and little normal sized humans have to fight them. But yeah, but also almost kind of Shadow of the Colossus, which which is a game actually uh, re-releasing not real it's a remaster it's a remaster no remake i guess it would be no i think they remade it but they remade it close very very close to the original experience yeah they did a remaster this is the remake that's coming out it's not any of our lists but yeah like shadow of the colossus is is, i never did finish that game but 2018 i thought it was later than that i think it's february so maybe oh really it's soon and it's definitely in the next couple months but um 
Yeah, the game looks really cool, and it was kind of a surprise announcement late last year when it, when they kind of announced that game. And it's by the guys who, you wouldn't really think of this, but it's by the guys who do the Killer Instinct games, Iron mm. Galaxy. So kind of a weird move from a fighting game to this sounds like an open world adventure type thing. I, I don't know how open it is and how like you might move from town to town. I don't I don't really know. But uh, it's it's definitely bigger. Okay. You know, like it's it's kind of like a free 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 moving free exploring within a town is what it looks like. So I don't know how big the world is and how open the world is beyond the towns. Um, but anyways, it's uh, looks interesting to me anyways because it, it seems a little bit different than hmm. than the sort of thing that I'm used to playing. So cool. Less combat, more escape. Okay. Looks, looks neat. Yeah. Um, another one that uh, you have on your list, but I don't, mm-hmm. because I didn't play the first one, is Last of Us Part Two. So, I never played it. I was afraid to play it. I still am afraid to play it. Technically, I own it. I have it. It came with my PlayStation. Um, but, I've never... Why, why are you making a face? Not... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. I forgot we were on video. Not a face. Everyone's making that face, Jocelyn. It's a masterpiece. Everyone, yes. No, I'm just joking. You, you are, yes. And and that reaction I'm and kidding. that it calling joke. it a masterpiece is exactly why I haven't played it. Because it's like... Are you worried you won't like it? And then yes. it'll be Zelda all over again? Well, I'm I'm worried that my the hype and my expectations are like way up here and there's no way that the game can live up to that because it's been so long now that i haven't Mm. played this game everyone's told me how amazing it is you just use the word masterpiece (laughs) people call it like their game of the year from what was it 2014 ish yeah um you know like it just it is this like pillar of uh, it's uh, okay you're putting it up (laughs) like on the top shelf but i'm saying like these are the kind of things that have been said about last of us over Hmm. the last four years so to me, the game has just been put up on this huge pedestal that it can probably never live up to. I would almost be better off reading a Wikipedia article about what happened in the game and then just playing two <laughs> instead of like going and playing the game and being disappointed. Because really and truly, that's the only thing I can be at this point, I feel like, because the expectations for this game for me are so high. Uh, I mean, my suggestion for the la- uh, last of us to for you to play the first one would be to turn the difficulty down because um one thing i've noticed about, it's <laughs> frustrating no 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 <laughs> let me finish it's not your style it's not your style of gameplay it's very I, you could try it on normal and and see if that if that helps but and then I, fail and then turn it down like i told oh, you oh this is going you so well game for you <laughs> i'm using your experience I know what you're trying to say, Ryan, with horizon right where you played it on what was the difficulty level you played horizon on i played on normal was it normal yeah. oh, okay never mind then i just found that the combat was very frustrating in that game and i know a lot of it would it would turn a lot of people off it's, and specifically for yourself it's not about action it's more about puzzle solving trial and error and stealth you know um it's just i don't know it just doesn't feel like it would be combat that would gel with the way you like to play games and 
you you should certainly try it on normal and see how it goes but i found sometimes when i was playing that it got so frustrating that i would want to want to turn the difficulty down and it's it's just the way they set up the scenarios like fighting the humans no problem fighting the zombies where they have one hit kills and they can kill you with uh, just by grabbing you um that gets pretty frustrating pretty quick but it's super realistic you know like one of the biggest problems with zombie games is that when you get bit they're clearly like blood's going everywhere they're clearly getting india and uh you know you don't die you just lose a chunk of health but in last of us when you got bit it was gruesome it was gross you were getting torn <laughs> apart you know it cuts at the right second just to make your imagination kind of wonder but yeah. it, it was it was brutal and i would actually suggest to most people like to try it and be prepared to turn the difficulty down i i wouldn't play it any higher than normal i know i haven't tried because it's 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 demanding um mm. Almost to the point where, again, it's not fun. So the reason I suggest you turn it down is that if you're looking to try it and give it the fair shot it deserves because it's been put up so high, like the way I described it as a masterpiece, which looking back, it's like probably a bit much, but you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just in order to appreciate it, it would probably be easier because the story is where it shines. The gameplay is fun, but it's no, it's not anything to, to it's no horizon. It's You're not going to write home about it. Uh, it's the story that really made that. It, it, it kind of proved that games could tell a story that wasn't just a point A to point B kind of service plan. It was it, it was telling a story that was unique to even to zombies in general. Like it, it was doing something new. And I think the the fact that The Last of Us Part Two is happening, the only reason it's happening is because they they've said that they've found a story that they want to tell. So that's why I'm really looking forward to it. And mm. um, we don't yeah. have a, a date for it though, right? Uh, you know, the, I don't even think they've, they've said 2018 people, a lot of people are assuming 2018, uh, we haven't gotten gameplay yet. Like we haven't seen someone physically holding a controller playing the game. I assume we'll get that at E3 and, and this'll be like a holiday, but it could get pushed to May and, you know, Naughty Dog likes to release their games around springtime. So it could be it most likely will be 2018 because it's kind of their big game that they're pushing but it could slip who knows a lot of these games on here um not all of them but some of them could slip uh but yeah i i think you should certainly try the last of us um just be prepared for that it's gut-wrenching that first um combat section it it, it really might frustrate you <laughs> mm. frustrated me for sure it was it was a close <laughs> one Maybe but. I'll give it a try. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, I don't want to go into too, too much detail because we are running long, but mm -hmm. um, there are a couple of other titles that I think we've talked about before, uh, might have even been in our E3 uh, discussions earlier on in 2017, but uh, Jurassic World Evolution is coming out this year, probably sometime around the time that the next movie comes out, which is June, um, which I'm, I mean, the Jurassic world jurassic park jurassic whatever all of that stuff that franchise cannot go wrong for me i freaking love them i've seen jurassic park probably eight thousand times <laughs> so i mean i'm super excited this is the um like build your own dinosaur park it's kind of like jurassic park meets like roller coaster tycoon isn't it but you same... also get to breed your own dinosaurs oh so i'm super excited i think it's, it's gonna be really cool uh i can't wait to give it a shot what about you uh, it's made by the same guys who did another 
is it Planet Coaster? The same devs? I think I can't remember. I believe so. I think that's. Um, oh, that makes sense. Shoot, I, I guess. Can't. Yeah, but I think I think you're right. I think they have done a uh, park sim in the past, and I raved about Planet Coaster. I loved it. I actually like Planet Coaster more than I like um, Roller Coaster Tycoon. I think they really refined some mechanics in there. So, um, if if they are, uh, it's Frontier Development. I'm gonna look that yeah, up sounds super, super quick. It. Uh, um, it's a yeah, game. they are the they're the uh, elite dangerous planet coaster. Oh, yeah, cool. It's you know it's Jurassic Park, so it looks exciting to me. I just I need to see more. I think the teaser trailer was uh, a little bit a little bit fan servicey, like you know na 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 na. It's like okay, here's the logo and some screaming people and make your own park. But <laughs> I, I just need to see more of it to be convinced because I'm not as big a roller coaster designer person. So we'll see. <laughs> That's what they call. They're on the business card. Everybody knows. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's Jurassic Park. We haven't had a good Jurassic Park game in never. So apparently, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon and the other Tycoon games like Zoo Tycoon and everything else uh, were actually all Frontier. Oh, well, they there were. You go. Yeah, there, there is so there only one. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder they refined the mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same freaking company with their new offering. So yeah, Planet Coaster. Um, but yeah, so Jurassic World Evolution, I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be really, really cool and right mm-hmm. up my alley. Um, Monster Hunter World comes out at the end of January, and this is the one I'm totally on the fence about. I wasn't even necessarily going to put it on my most anticipated of 2018, except for the fact that I didn't have anything to kind of front load the year. It looks really cool. I've heard good things. It comes out on PlayStation at the end of January. And then if you want it on PC, you have to wait all the way until the fall, which is kind of why I'm on the fence. I'm just Hmm. like, well, is it ready or is it not? Like, why the crazy? Like, I guess it's to call it a PS4 exclusive or whatever. They can't release it on PC at the same time. But uh, I don't know. I'm just on the fence as to whether or not I'm actually going to pick this one up. But... That being said, I think it definitely deserves to be on a most anticipated list because I have heard very, very good things about it. People who've actually played it and had their hands on it say it plays really, really well. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I personally, uh, I've never played a Monster Hunter game. I, I, I owned one on the Wii, and it just didn't click with me again it was very japanese rpg style very like you gotta know what you're doing in order to Mm. succeed at the game and it just it was just too difficult for me and i I couldn't do it like um so but this one seems to be one that they're trying to appeal to the western audience a little bit more Mm. because it's always been a niche game here uh, in north america so i'm gonna try the beta Uh, the beta will be out again the final beta i think is not next week but the week after or late next week, uh, being said, and it's PS4 exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the beta is a PS4. I think the game's also coming out on Xbox One, if I'm mistaken. Is but it? I, I, I thought so, but I, I could be wrong. I thought it was just PlayStation, but I, I, I could also be wrong. I don't know. I'm not as I'm not a huge Monster Hunter fan, but I know a lot of people are kind of raving. Oh about no, this you're one. right. Xbox One too. Yeah. Okay. I just don't. I I thought it was. Oh no, it's consoles on January twenty, uh, January twenty sixth. And the PC version is coming in the fall. So I guess uh, it's a console exclusive. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, for now. It's always yeah. been a console game from what I recall. And this is the problem with not knowing anything about the series. I'm just probably mm-hmm. making wild wild guesses oh yeah this is this should i pick up monster hunter world this will be my first foray into these titles so um but yeah it just sounds like again a a cool kind of different thing for me um it's very much like you go hunt monsters right so with friends it's it's a tracking and hunting title and i haven't played something like that so i think it could be cool um sea of thieves is also coming this year so that's the one that we've seen i think two e3s in a row now Mm-hmm. Um, it's the very, very cartoony pirate one where you have PVP and you have teams on your ships and naval battles and hand-to-hand combat and all that kind of fun stuff, as well as obviously you're a pirate. So, you know, going after port towns and, and following treasure maps and all that kind of cool stuff in a, in this giant open world, uh, full of other real people. So, uh, Sea of Thieves is coming out this year looks really interesting i can't wait to get in there with uh with everybody else uh then you and i both have red dead redemption 2 on our list and red dead redemption is basically why i don't want to play last of us because i jumped into red dead redemption like three or four years after it came out and it didn't live up to the hype for me it was cool but the like the mechanics were by that point in time kind of chunky and and i didn't like a lot of the the combat and the um the riding a horse that felt like you were driving a car because it was built <laughs> on the GTA engine or whatever. Okay. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Red Dead Redemption for me, because I came to it so late and people said a lot of the same things about Red Dead Redemption that I'm hearing about Last of Us. So, I mean, I came to it late. I was a little bit disappointed, but I think had I played it on release, I would have really loved it. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to, to Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, to trying it out on kind of like a... When it is, like, current gen. Modern terms. Modern, you know? yeah, exactly. I had revisited Red Dead Redemption when it came to backwards uh, compatibility on the Xbox One, and, and I, ne- I had never finished it. Uh, I remember renting it, playing it to death, and then having had to return it and never went back to it. And, yeah, I'm looking forward probably to the same reason. It's just to it's finally play this game. It's one of those games that's, yeah basically for you with last of us that's the same thing for me oh red red redemption is this masterpiece it's like well yeah it looks cool it's got cowboys into it and and all that i like cowboys you know i like i like uh anything i feel stuff like westworld has made me Mm -hmm. so much more excited for red dead redemption 2 it's like things outside of the game are putting me in like a cowboy mindset i guess or like a wild west kind of a mindset so i think i might be um more mentally prepared for an experience like Red Dead Redemption 2 now than I was, you know, when Red Dead Redemption came out. And and I like Rockstar games, but I just I can't play the GTA games anymore. They're too they're too much for me. <laughs> like they're too, <laughs> you know. And and, and Ryan, no, they're <laughs> just GTA's. It's the yeah. What's the word? It's just they're too jokey. They're too silly i don't know i don't know what it is they're sure i guess if i want to be me that's a little mean uh but yeah i guess they're a little juvenile they're not like they're not like south park juvenile but they're kind of just i don't know they just it doesn't it doesn't it's not the same doesn't appeal to me as much as uh maybe a more and red dead redemption is no like it's not this serious thing it's very much like westworld where it was serious but there were these moments of comic relief that would come Mm. in and they really hit well for me because there's this serious character and who in one scene is you know 
killing all these bad people and maybe good people and there's this conflict there but then the next scene he's like having a conversation with the town drunk and it's just hilarious you know so i'm looking forward to that and it's it was another one that was delayed into 2018 so it looks like we're getting it in may which is kind of rockstar's jam that month so yeah uh finally on my list is far cry 5 i'm haven't really actually i think i might have only ever played one of the far cry titles they're not normally up my alley i think ryan you've been the one to review them on mm-hmm. gamers in in the past um but i am i've got to say i'm intrigued by the direction that they're taking the story and that they're doing the whole like i get is it montana or whatever is where you know they have the mm-hmm. the cult or whatever that takes over montana i i just think that sounds really cool it's it's apart from I mean, the other games see what they do yeah I, I think in the other ones they kind of made up either a fictional country or like I, it, I don't remember i know the third one was like this is an island that doesn't exist but it's very much based on these like drug right ridden countries and with this one they're le- legit just saying like hey you know all that crazy crap that's going on in the states you know uh, well we're gonna we're gonna take that ratchet it up to 11 and set it in a place that um may not actually have that problem yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i didn't include it on my list because it's like it's just another open world not to be reductive but i just don't have time to play these big giant games and i'm i was initially looking forward to it based on the story because i like the idea that it's poking fun at you know um this this hardcore religious cult that takes over like a town and you know the whole reason why they've been able to take over the town is because you know they'll hurt a bunch of people if they go in with with guns blazing so it's it sounds like a cool concept to me uh, mm-hmm. and and i and i like that style of humor even though it is kind of juvenile so i don't know yeah it looks cool it looks cool i think it looks cool too and i'm <laughs> gonna give it a try uh do you have anything else you want to mention before we wrap the show yeah so state of kate 2 uh stated decay 2 i played the first one really enjoyed it it's got zombies in it it's probably one of the few good zombie games out there if you haven't played that game before i'm looking forward to seeing them hopefully fix a couple of issues with the first one it had some rough edges so i'd love to see some improvements that one's exclusive to xbox one and pc and looking at a spring release and then there's spider-man for the mm. PS4 exclusive, and i i forgot about this one i remember yeah. in our e3 coverage it looked pretty cool actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) spider-man right i i'm not a huge spider-man person like comics really wasn't my i was a video game guy and comics wasn't my my thing not until they started becoming movies that i started to pay attention to them but um when spider-man came out on the gamecube spider-man and spider-man 2 to to follow up with the sony movies it was just it was mind-blowing this is open world and i can like swing around new york it's amazing and the fact that they're making another one of those after so long like gamecube ps3 days like mm. it's awesome and it looks amazing and it looks like and i love the team that's doing it insomniac is can do no wrong they've uh they're really good they make the Ratchet and clank games so i'm really looking forward to spider-man um it it hasn't been confirmed to release at any point in 2018 just 2018 in general so i'm hoping it's summer because it would be a really cool summer game to be honest mm. and capitalize on infinity war you know that'd be yeah probably a good idea guys come on uh we also got some listener feedback this week jim wrote in to tell us what his game of the week or game of the year for 2018 that he's excited to play is 
Uh, and he said, the only specific game I'm anticipating for this year is Yakuza 6 in March. Other than that, I will be going about things in my usual fashion, picking up a new release that catches my eye, and I feel it will be worth it for me to pay full price instead of waiting, which is a really, really good point that so many of these games that I got burned so hard, specifically with Assassin's Creed, I picked it up. I played a couple of hours of it just to review it on Gamers Inn. I ended up walking away from it, but I picked it up like on, uh, I pre-ordered it and then it went on sale with the, um, I guess it was Black Friday mm. and it was like 40% off or something crazy within a couple of weeks of release. I was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like even these AAA titles, which were used to, I feel like a couple of years ago, this didn't really happen. But for whatever reason now, <laughs> we are getting big sales quite quickly on a lot of these uh, AAA titles. So um, waiting isn't a bad choice nowadays, no. I feel like. Especially where, like you're saying, there's so many of these really cool experiences. So many things seem to be going either open world or longer story or both. Um, so I think it's it's totally worth waiting. Like pick up something you're really excited about and play it all the way through, and then you know grab the next thing on sale for sure. It, it's it's tough. It's a tough call. Like I think earlier in the year, like spring, it can be a little easier to buy a game at release and not expect a deep cut anytime soon. But when it comes to the winter, when you got Black Friday and then Boxing Day, like a month later. Yeah, you uh, you you wouldn't be gambling by waiting on one mm. of your one of your favorite games. But if it's a game that you really want to play, like Jim is describing, you might as well pick it up full price if you're going to play it and enjoy it right away. And not only are you getting investment for your money and getting to play it right away, you're supporting the developers because when a game goes on sale, like you are, the 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 developers are getting less of a cut. I mean, I I don't begin to understand how how truly works but i would think if they're taking <laughs> less money for the game they're probably getting less money so i don't know it, it's one of those ways to think about it to justify buying it early but really yeah if, if you really enjoy something and you don't want to wait uh, yeah it's got to be a really good experience so uh ryan do you want to take the second piece of listener feedback yeah shadow lux is my spirit animal he is curious about anthem from bioware <laughs> but hopes it is better for single players than destiny 2 and i i couldn't agree more uh, I, I want to make sure that Anthem is a Bioware game that I want to play and not a Bioware game that EA wants me to play. So, Yeah, I was I was super excited about Anthem. I thought it looked really cool and like it might be the Mass Effect like style thing that I was looking for, the Mass Effect type experience that I was looking for out of Bioware. But now that we've had the conversation, I feel like I was probably totally wrong and I'm just now I'm not even looking forward to it, Ryan. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is like, this, yeah, I'm just all over the place today. Yep. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for sharing your feedback and letting us know what you were anticipating for 2018. If you'd like to visit us on the web, you can do so at gamersandpodcast.com. You can also find us on AMOVE TV along with other fabulous podcasts, including The Angry Nerd, Into the Nexus, The Angry Chicken, For Azeroth, Embrace the Spoilers, and Heroes Forge. We actually just recorded a new Embrace the Spoilers today. So if you guys want to hear my thoughts on Last Jedi, <gasps> Star Wars! then uh, go and check out Embrace the Spoilers and stuff on the feed now. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn Plays, Ryan is Star Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes can be found on youtube.com slash amovetv. If you'd like to email the show and let us know what you're playing, 
please do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. You can actually tell what they are now. Yes. <laughs> so many of memos. I know, but it's it's uh it's not I could stop. <laughs> I have a problem. Stand <laughs>